It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back to the program. I am happy to report that I have Tommy G in the studio, the documentary filmmaker. Kia Boy's documentary, A Story of Teenage Car Theft. First of all, Tommy, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great, Sherwin. Thank you for having me, man. I'm going to call your documentary 16 Minutes of Astonishment. We have talked about car theft on this program. I cannot tell you how many times I'd asked the question sometime last year. Hey, call in or text us if you've ever had your vehicle stolen. The amount of phone calls that we got from people that have not only had their vehicle stolen in the city, but stolen multiple times, or their vehicles have been wrecked by reckless drivers, some of whom you had the, I guess, privilege to speak to. And that's really what I want to first start out with. Mm -hmm. Tommy, I I know this city very well. I grew up in this city. Yeah. How on God's green earth did you get access to parts of neighborhoods that people that look like you never get access to? I guess that's the first part of it. But you were also reasonably well-received. So what did you have to do? Who did you talk to to get that kind of access? Let me take you a little farther back. So I grew up in a super white bread town in Crystal Lake, Illinois. I went to college up at Whitewater. I wrestled there, got an entrepreneurship degree, and then I got a job offer in Milwaukee. And my job was going door-to-door in the hoodiest of the hood, selling payroll, helping daycare, small businesses, all of that. So I've had six years where I've been rolling around 53206, 212, 218, all those zip codes. And so I know them very well. And then also... I've been making YouTube videos for three years or more, and a lot of them have been very juvenile, pranks, goofy stuff. And I've been, and I live, um, I'm three minutes from the Capitol Drive Walmart. Walmarts are great places for pranksters. And it just so happens that um, my approach is never aggressive, there's never an agenda. I want to talk to people, I want to understand where they're coming from. And it just so happens we have stories to cover here in Milwaukee, but Hopefully this summer you catch me out in Appalachia having a redneck make me moonshine, and I catch that on camera too. So I'm just down to cover what fascinates me, kind of the underbelly of society, people that don't obey the rules of society, talk to them and figure out what makes them tick. Yeah, no, I agree that those lives that we don't often examine, you know, are worth our time and attention because, you know, folks like myself, especially folks in this industry, and I don't know how people feel about the media nowadays, that we just demonize things and people, but we don't do the investigative reporting. We don't have these one-on-one conversations with people at gas stations in real life, in real time, like you do. Let's go back to the beginning of the the documentary. You had to have been at at least somewhat fearful, (laughs) fearful that your car was going to get wrecked because I don't know why you parked where you did, (laughs) but you parked right on the street where the red Kia was going very, very fast or fearful that, Someone may steal your car. Because think about it. If they were going to steal your car, what were you going to do? I guess you could have filmed it, but you would have been helpless if they would have stolen your car. Or this is the thing I would have been most afraid of, the police showing up. Because the cops showed up, Tommy, all of y'all are getting arrested. Hmm. You can't say, oh, no, no, I'm just here making a documentary. Nope, you're getting in the squad. So were you fearful of any of those things happening? You know what? When I roll up on spots like that, you never know what's going to happen. But I did have a connection that brought me there. So I feel like if you know somebody and you and also I had FaceTime uh, the, the main character, the main Kia boy of the story. I FaceTimed him the week before. I talked to him, told him what my what I was trying to do. I protect his identity. I just want to hear his story, ask him questions. So um, and that's also the energy 
in the air. I mean, for how chaotic some of the actions were, it was a relatively lighthearted, calm energy, and so I felt okay. As far as the police showing up, um, I didn't talk to a lawyer beforehand, but since then, there's been a, a really nice lawyers reach out to me and said, hey, you know, if the cops try and get you to turn in evidence, blah, 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 here's my number. You have the First Amendment right as a journalist to do this. And so I feel protected in all fronts where I, I'm kind of in a delicate position where I want to be, I don't have any enemies in life. I love a lot of people. I want to be cool with the cops. I want to be cool with the Kia boys. I want to be cool with everybody in the city. So trying to maintain, maintain uh, being neutral that I can roll anywhere is what I definitely want to do. We're talking to Tommy G, the documentary filmmaker. The documentary is called Kia Boys Documentary, a story of a teenage car theft. You're a serious filmmaker now. Whether you think that you are or not, I did have a chance to see some of your other videos. And um, there <laughs> yeah. was one of a particular fascination. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Sure. The strip club, but yeah, we're not yeah. talking about that now. You're, you're a serious filmmaker, so you said that you're going to be doing other projects. We want, because if you have access to folks like that, they would never talk to me. They would never talk to folks in my age group because it would be very, very difficult for me to have a conversation with these boys, especially an objective one that you had. And you're actually trying to expose some of their humanity, which I thought was incredibly brilliant. I want to see more of that because we can cover these stories like the worst of the worst. But then when folks like you dig deep and actually have conversations with folks like that is worth its weight in gold, as you can clearly see by the number of YouTube videos. So will you do more? Thi will there be a follow up to Mr. E-Break, maybe a longitudinal uh, study of his life? Are you going to continue to do that kind of work? You know what? What's been really great to see is I've had a ton of people in my inbox the last few days, big Milwaukee rappers, guys that have weight in the hood. And I didn't know how it was going to be received. You know, at some point I was like, am I putting a target on my back? Because these guys are some of these Kia boys are reckless. And I, I don't know how hard it is to find where I live, but I certainly don't want that to be known, you know. And so um, will there be more of these? Of course. I think we have to let the block uh, cool down a little bit before I do another Kia boy episode, but I already have people that I'm talking to that their stories of interest, like 53206 is arguably the most incarcerated zip code in the world, because USA is number one in incarceration, that zip code is number one in USA. I'm starting that story. I want to do a day in the life of a hustler. I want to follow him around and see what his day-to-day -day is, and um, as I'm exposed to more interesting people in Milwaukee, I mean, hit my inbox. I'll travel anywhere uh, in the world, um, but I want to see fascinating people and cover their story. Mr. E-Break, mm -hmm. one thing I took away from him, very intelligent, very articulate, funny, knows the law, right? Incredible personality. He was almost perfect to be. Yep. I don't want to call him a main character because that's literally who he is. How do you reconcile the fact that he's very intelligent and the way he instructed very quickly mm -hmm. on how he could steal a vehicle like that young man? If his skills were redirected somewhere else. He could be incredibly successful. So did you also come away like understanding how intelligent he was and how smart he was and articulate? That's something I've been thinking about a lot is how do you redirect because he is brave and he's funny. Some of the most commented parts in the YouTube was his line about, um, well, you, you should have had insurance. And so because he knows the law, like in he, Wisconsin, yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah. And so he's a guy that could easily transition to stand up comedy. You need cojones to go stand up on a stage and do that. I could see a guy like that being in the fight cage. I think there's a lot of potential for a guy like him. And the question is, how do you reach him? And how do you get him to steer on the path? Because he certainly has potential to society. You know, I look at other situations. Here's an example. If somebody is a computer hacker and they hack into the Department of Defense or the CIA, major felonies, 
bunch of years in prison for hacking into sophisticated governmental systems. What oftentimes happens is people that are involved in that type of criminal activity also have a high level of intelligence. So instead of criminally charging those computer hackers mm-hmm. that crack the code of getting into the Department of Defense, they hire them. Yep. Imagine if these young men got hired by automakers, and the automakers, we need to want to make our cars more theft-proof. <laughs> and they come up with all these technologies, because like Kia's getting sued by the city of Milwaukee because their vehicles are too easy to steal. Imagine if you hire people that are literally experts on stealing vehicles, and they work for Kia or GM or Ford, to see if these technologies in these cars are actually theft-proof. But I don't think these young men are going to get that kind of opportunity. You know what? I say... That could solve it on an individual basis. So look at Mr. Ebrick. I say, hey, Kia, if you're listening to this, offer that man a six-figure contract. Have him test out the Kias and make sure they're they're theft-proof. Or something he mentioned in the videos that he's interested in HVAC. I don't know if someone would take the risk of taking him under their wing to show them what HVAC is like and learn the skills. But certainly, that's a direction for him. The question is, what do you do about the rest of the fellows out there that are doing the same thing? Well, maybe a lead by example. And I was also fascinated because we've, on this program, people have a lot of ideas because on this program, Tommy G, you're talking to the parents and the grandparents of the Kia boys, mm-hmm. essentially. That's the age demographic. Mm-hmm. And they always suggest, well, these boys need to get involved in the trades and they need to be a plumber. Or they need to be an electrician. And you actually have one of these young men saying he's got an interest in HVAC. And so I am hoping all of you that have called in, that have texted in a million and one times about offering opportunities for these young men in the trades Maybe we can mm. make that connection, and I hope that we do. That would be wonderful. Got another question for you, Tom, mm. or maybe a, a comment, I suppose. Sure. A lot of people are calling for you to be arrested. I posted something on my Facebook page. They want you arrested for glorifying, basically calling you an accessory to these mm-hmm. car thefts. What do you say to those critics and also the people that say you're exploiting we're taking advantage of misery in the black community. What do right. you say to that? Yeah, so two things. So, like, one, I know kind of the angle the Fox 6 reporter was going in when she talked to me was, you know, her first question was, you were laughing in the video. Uh, what do you say to the victims of families that have done this? And I'm like, first of all, anyone has a camera. You can pull up on the block yourself. If you want to go there and finger wag at these kids and tell them how wrong they are, good luck with that interview and see how it goes. Um, as far as promoting it, I mean, that's what a journalist does. When we talk about mass shootings, they're more likely to occur the next time because there's another guy in his room drawing things on the wall and thinking about doing it at his high school. So when you publicize things, yes, there's more attention. But this is obviously a conversation the city has to have. So I find it funny, especially when journalists are the one asking me why I'm being a journalist. It's like, you go out in the streets and make a better film. I I hope you do. Uh, as far as exploitation of the black community, I did see a few comments like, oh, of course, another culture vulture out here. Uh, the thing I would say about that is my guy in the, in the video, he DM'd me. I, he said, hey, I want to collaborate with you. I met him after that strip club video. He said, hey, I want to collaborate. I said, hey, I have four ideas I'm working on. Which can you help me with? Hangs up the phone, FaceTimes me two minutes later. There's a Kia boy swerving on his block. I talked to the Kia boy and I said, Tuesday at three, does that work? And so... Anybody can get a camera, anybody can make a video, and it just so happens that um, I was the one that took action and executed. So I encourage people to go get their own camera, make a YouTube channel. It takes years of consistency to build up an audience. Go for it. Do it. I hope you do. You tried to showcase, I guess with varying degree of success, the humanity in some of these young men. You said, well, what if, what if I get killed? What if one of these cars you know, hurts me or hurts somebody else? 
and I think you were trying to get them to say like, oh, I'd be sorry or I'd be remorseful. They said, uh, it, would they cry at your funeral? And I could tell, I, could, I felt the tension in that moment because they didn't really know how to respond. Do you think that these young men, the two that you talked to, it's more than two, that they, um, they, they lack that kind of empathy or humanity because I think that they, they believe in what they're doing. They're very good at what they're doing. Uh, one of the young men said that if they pull up in a stolen vehicle, a young lady will give them a special kind of attention. Yeah. Do you think that that has kind of usurped their humanity to think about the damage they're actually causing? I think we become used to any situation that we're normally in. So this might not be the best trade-off example, but a soldier, when he's out killing, which is a really hard thing to ask a man to do, Oh, it's about honor and code and defending the country. So you have to adopt a mindset that supports your actions. I think it's the same thing with these guys. They're turning off their emotions so they don't have to admit what they're doing. And I, I don't know what happened to them as kids. I don't know if they had a great childhood, a traumatic childhood. But obviously they're turning off their ability to have responsibility so that they can continue doing it and have fun. We're speaking with Tommy G. He is the documentary filmmaker of Kia Boys Documentary. A story of teenage car theft. Want to take a break? More with Tommy G on the other side. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. The, is he famous? Is he infamous? Is he both? Tommy G, the yeah. creator of a documentary, story of a teenage car theft, Kia Boys documentary. Tommy G is in studio. Have you been arrested by the police yet? Have they come and knocked on your door? Have the police contacted you? According to Fox 6, they're investigating it. I've gotten a couple of different spooky things going on. So on the police side, um, I've heard like one journalist reach out to me and say, hey, if, you're, if your phone starts doing funny things, if your computer starts doing funny things, call me. You might be being tapped. Um, but that's not my experience with the police. Um, I have buddies in the jiu-jitsu fight community. They said that they, their buddies loved it, that apparently it's been sent to every cop in the department. And they thought, hey, this was a good depiction of how these boys operate. And so I don't think any of them are upset. I was also contacted last night. Um, they said, hey, we have to come in. There's been a threat made against your life. we got to talk to you about it. I looked at the threat. I didn't think it was credible. I thought it was more just people yapping on the Internet. So we're not doing anything about that. So it's a weird position because I don't want to be an enemy of the cops. I don't want to be an enemy of the Kia boys. My brand is to go anywhere in the world with a smile and good intentions and try and make people laugh. And so, um, so far, so good. And I also know I have a First Amendment right as a journalist. So I'm good to go, man. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I want people to know this for all the folks that have commented on my social media pages that you should be arrested. Absolutely not. We don't do that in this country. We do not arrest the people that tell the stories that we are all very concerned about. I wanted to know all of the details that I couldn't get from just talking to adults. I got that information from you. Speaking of adults, while you were filming, there were a number of I'm going to call them OGs on the block. Mm hmm. Many years older than some of these young men, they they weren't necessarily condoning it, but they weren't being the best role models. I guess. How do you reconcile that? Because those older guys that are out there like, well, I just tell them to be safe and just it's rough out here. I, I mess with the Kia boys. You know, I, I, I know some of them, but I just tell them to be safe. That's isn't that sending the wrong message. Like those kids could be looking up to some of those OGs, but the OGs, one of them was riding on the, the vehicle. 
that you were the red Kia that was driving 80 miles an hour. So I guess what's your, your statement or stance on that? I think the older fellows are in a tough position because I think if they try and lay the smack down on these kids, I don't think these kids are going to hang out with them, spend any time with them. So it's almost like if you want a relationship with these kids and want to impose any sort of kindness or brotherhood, you kind of got to let them do what they are doing and just impose bits and pieces of wisdom on them. Uh, but I do understand, like, the community probably looks in there like, man, we need men to stand up and say, look, young blood, you can do this, you can do that, but the current path you're going, I've either been there or I've seen it, and you could put yourself away for a long, long time, and that's something that everyone in the city hopes you avoid. First part of the video, which was probably the most riveting for me, you're asking people at a gas station, what should happen to the Kia boy? Put him in jail, lock him up 10 years, 20 years, and then this one woman who showed you the vehicle that she was driving because I guess a previous vehicle got stolen and she mm -hmm. was really, really upset. You hear these emotional responses from people who have been victimized by the young men that you covered in the documentary. And the other thing is everybody wants them arrested. Now, there's varying degrees of what the punishment should be, but it's mm -hmm. almost universal from the mayor to every single police officer. Are you concerned that your documentary is going to lead to arrests of the people that you interviewed? Absolutely not. I had a wonderful lawyer DM me on Instagram, reach out to me, walk me through what my rights are, and I in no way am going to give out evidence. Those boys are protected from my video. If they get caught, it's going to be on their own doing in a future moment. That's that's a tough one because, like, the number of this – when I just told people that I was doing the interview with you, they want everybody arrested. Why can't they arrest these people? Have you been hearing a lot of that? Are you hearing from, you know, people that are commenting on your video or just people in the city of Milwaukee that want you to cooperate with the police to arrest some of these kids? No, I haven't heard any of that directed towards me, but I have heard a big, strong sentiment of put these kids away, lock them up, 20 years – and or, hey, if they try doing that to my car, I'll be waiting with my heat, you know, things like that. Like, I wish they would do this to me. And um, it's a very complicated thing because I don't know. I think we have a great opportunity in this country to make an experiment in each city. You can be a radical out in Portland or AOC out in New York and propose your ideology. Or you can be DeSantis out in Florida and do your experiment there. We can try something new in Milwaukee. Is locking kids away and putting young men away for a long time, is that working? Is that making things better? Is it our only option? I don't know. I can't answer those questions, but perhaps there are new things we could try. Some of them are 11 years old. Some of them are 12 years old. And they know that the punishment, three weeks in juvie, which is not much of a deterrent. How do you get through to an 11-year-old? And some of them said they have stolen hundreds of cars, and they're learning how to drive in stolen vehicles. They crash the vehicles. They got to steal another one because they're the first vehicle that they stole. They, you know, don't know how to use it properly. They crash, so they go steal another one. 11- and 12-year-olds with two and 300 car thefts hmm. under their belt. That's staggering. Yeah. Hmm. I think the question is, how do you get them to find something that they love more than stealing cars. And I know how I've structured my life is the three things I, I love and that I'm chasing is I love YouTube. I love making videos where I either make people laugh or I take them on an adventure that they haven't seen. I love wrestling. I coach everyone from five-year-old 
kids for their first time all the way up to MMA fighters. And I love real estate. I love taking, I, I invest a lot into the north side where we find a house that's a piece of junk. We have someone run through, renovate it nice. When I put the pictures on Facebook, my hope is that someone looks at it and they say, wow, there's going to be a line around the corner because everyone wants to live in that house because it's nice and we take care of it. And um, so what I mean by that is find the things you love doing, try monetize a couple and just do the others for hobbies. I would say find those hobbies for these boys. They have to find it. It's not we're doing it. But what are the other things that they could love? Could they love jujitsu? Could they love wrestling? Could they love debate team? I don't know. But it's how do you steer them into that is the giant question. The couple of the young men, one of them said, well, I, my mom tells me not to steal cars, and, and, I, and I listened to her. <laughs> but they both had cases, mm -hmm. and their moms knew that they were stealing cars because they both have open cases for car theft. But then they also said, well, my mom thinks that I stopped, right? Like, that's that's insane to me. Right? They Their moms know because they have a case, but that does not discourage them from continuing to do it. Is it would you almost call it an addiction? Is it the, the adrenaline rush? Is it the thrill of it? They're almost addicted to it? I think that's fair to say. If you're a gambler, if you're a, if you're a guy that jumps out of airplanes for a living, you have a, a certain level of adrenaline that you're used to as your baseline. And once you're doing that for a few years, how boring would be video games or soccer for these kids? You know, I think they're certainly might be addicted to it, but I also think humans are very adaptable and it can change and it's just going to take consistency in another direction for their uh their happiness receptors, their adrenaline, to be adjusted in another way. I'm sure going into this project, you probably had some preconceived notions. You probably had a good idea of what you might see. After you completed filming and you did the editing and you looked at the product that you were about to release on YouTube, what was the most shocking to you? Or what was a lesson learned or something that you didn't expect going into the project that you learned once it was completed? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say something shocking is how casual it is. Someone that has 200 to 300 car thefts, that just blows my mind that that is possible for a teenager. I would say the other is just unraveling the puzzle of how did this kid get here? What led up to this moment? What led up to the first time he stole a car? And I think that if there is a part two to this, it would be better breaking down the keyboard. I know, I know that they're not just one cohesive group. There's little tiny factions, and they actually kind of compete against each other from what I hear. Uh, but part two would also understand how did you get to this moment. I know editing can kind of throw the viewers for a loop a little bit, but the fact that you were on the block as long as you were witnessing what you were witnessing and the police did not come. In fact, it was toward the end of the video where you said, oh, we got to leave now because the cops are on their way. So in the city of Milwaukee, when I see, you know, I've lived in my house on the north side for 18 years. If I see something like that, I'm calling the police right away, and I want them there in two minutes. Mm -hmm. You were able to get footage to make a concrete and solid, almost award-winning documentary without the police showing up at all. So as you were leaving, did you see any squad cars entering the area as you were exiting? Not at all. And. So I think, because I think a lot of people, they get stuck in camps. Either I'm, I'm left-wing and all my thoughts have to be this way, or I'm right-wing and all my thoughts have to be that way. And I think the answer is always somewhere in the middle. So like on the progressive side, let's invest in programs. Let's make a world-class uh, martial arts gym in the hood. And 
pay for most or all of the subscription for these kids to go as long as they have certain attendance, they follow certain guidelines. That's the progressive side. On the more right side, I think we should have more police, and I think they should be trained. I'm not saying that they're poorly trained. I don't know the condition of their training, but train them to a really high standard so that uh, everyone in the community feels safe. And then also, what can we do to recruit more black police officers so that when we're rolling around 53206212, that that they're the ones dealing with the situation and and we don't get massive news stories every other day of, you know, this happened here. I want to take a break. When I come back, I want to talk about some of your other projects. And you are a YouTuber. This is the one that has certainly put you on the map and probably has elevated your status dramatically. Right. So it's, it's also a very crowded space because everybody and their mother thinks they can be a YouTube content right. creator, which is a very, very difficult. It takes that one video to elevate you to the next status. So we're going to take a break, come back, continue our conversation with Tommy G, the YouTuber that has created a documentary that certainly has all of us talking. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back in the studio with Tommy G, the documentary filmmaker who's got all of you guys talking about the Kia Boys documentary, that story of teenage car theft. We are getting a number of text messages. Some I can read, some I'm just not going to entertain. 833-212-1017, Uncle Steve says, ask the Kia Boys interviewer how he found the Kia Boys to do the interview, how he can find them and the police can't or won't. I'm confused, this person says. Isn't that the job of the detectives and undercovers that they have floating around the city? It just baffles me how an out-of-towner, but you're not, you actually live in Milwaukee, can come into our city and make this documentary right under our noses of the establishment that allegedly is trying to thwart their success. Signed, Uncle Steve is perplexed. I think we answered a lot of that. Didn't we? I don't know if there's anything new. First of all, I am a proud Milwaukee member. I live 10 minutes of the studio. I love the city. I'm in and out of it every single day, making moves, business, and uh, and YouTube. And as far as how I got in contact with them, I'll leave that a little bit vague for the safety of everyone in the video. LTS, did you ask the young men that you were talking to about their parents? Where are their parents? Are their parents concerned about what they're doing? Any conversation about their moms and dads? Yes, I did ask what their moms think about it. Um, part of me wanted to ask, hey, do you have a dad at home? What's going on? But I felt like a white boy walking in there and asking about someone's dad in a sensitive issue. I just I didn't want to stir the pot at all, but I was very curious. Like, do you have a role model? Do you have a dad that's leading you? Or not? And what did your dad do when he was your age? I'm, I'm just curious to know how the cycle is or if it's a new thing, you know? Those are usually really, really super sensitive subjects. Because if you get, you may not get a level of emotion out of young men like that when you're talking about, oh, you can kill somebody or you can die yourself. They're usually very cold and callous when it talks about that. But talking about their dads oftentimes is when you can get an emotional response that can sometimes be dangerous. So you oftentimes have to tread very, very lightly. Yeah. Um, who said this one? The Dickersons say Tommy G exposed the city government, especially the aldermen of that area, showing the failure of city policymakers. Tommy, I know you know that this was going to turn political one way or another. Sure. Right? Let's go there. Let's go there. You Your thoughts what? on that? The aldermen, they should have been there. They should first know of our, this. First of all, I mean, what do we want? Do we want the aldermen chasing these guys down in his Nikes? I don't know. But 
I think we have a big question here of how to handle it. I, I think from the police standpoint, they are, well, they're probably overwhelmed. They have their plates full with tons of stuff going on in the city. There's probably not enough of them. And on the other end, they know that one bad social media video can be a massive career ender, you know, sometimes for good reason, sometimes for not. I think you have to go case by case on the incidents with police. But um, I think a lot of people are just treading carefully because they don't want to be the guy that, you know, puts away a 16-year-old boy on the news. Do you think that you were at all, looking back now, hindsight being 2020, probably 170, 180,000 views in, do you believe that you encouraged any of that behavior, that they were showing out because the documentary filmmaker was on the block? Do you think that they may have gone further because you were there than they would have normally? I actually think that what I caught on camera is tame compared to what they do normally. I mean, you see videos of them going down the wrong way of the street, going 60 to 70 miles an hour when other cars are coming their way. You see the police chases. You see the crashes. So I think this is actually kind of lightweight compared to what it could have been. And as far as me encouraging them, I think it's like, hey, a journalist goes and they chase down a story. Is covering the war in Ukraine, encouraging the war in Ukraine? That's for you to decide. But I'm going boots on the ground. I didn't know it was going to turn out as well as it did. I could have risked my cameraman, my life. I mean, who knows what could have happened. And so um, I think that it was clear by the questions I asked them. Anyone that watches the full 16-minute video, I'm confident can walk away with the opinion that I gave them a chance to speak their voice, but I in no way am saying Go join the Kia boys, which, in fact, I'm saying, hey, do you want to be an astronaut? Do you want to be an HVAC guy? Where else could you go? And um, that's what I hope people walked away from. You know, I think part of it is people who are very concerned about the criminality that we saw. And that's young criminality. Like, they're not even experienced criminals yet. Imagine these guys, if they continue to be involved in these kind of activities and how they can perfect their craft by the time they're 25 or 30 can be real serious issues for everybody in this city. But I think some of the jealousy is... You got access to where other people absolutely could not. You got access to where their parents couldn't, to where other people, where politicians couldn't. And so I think some of the backlash you're getting is the access that you got. But also, I want folks to know this is not the only place on the Internet where the Kia boys are being exposed. They've got whole Instagram pages. Maybe you should you know, tell folks about that. Like you're just... No, you have your angle, you know, what you were filming and recording, but they also put their own content out as well. Yeah, I mean, there's cha- there's Milwaukee Instagram channels like 4 and 4 Hype House, The Shade Room. There's plenty of people covering it. There's TikTok videos of the of the, the Kia Boys. It just so happens, I've been making videos for three years. It just so happens that this one causes a ruckus in Milwaukee, but next week I could be in Florida trying to catch boa constrictors with my bare hands or going to the jungle to live with a tribe or hanging out with a guy making moonshine. It just so happens that this week I was in Milwaukee and that it blew up. 773817 says, unfortunately, the Kia boys issue, like many other issues in Milwaukee, are multifaceted. Generations of poverty, poor living conditions, lead water pipes, lack of homes, food insecurity are paramount, which all result in the symptoms of theft. If we don't secure the basics for folks, we will never solve the issues. In addition... There are adults behind these thefts. We need to shine a light on who these boys are working for, working with. They're not an organized group. Like, there's no like leader that's telling them to steal these cars, is there? Not, not that you noticed. From what I understand, and I'm uneducated on the subject, it is small little factions of five to ten boys that run their crew, 
And I think they actually have beefs within the Kia boys at each other. There's kind of a point system where if you steal my stolen car from me, I steal it back, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but as far as, um, was it part of the question long-term or, or resources? Was that resources? Um, my big thing is we spent $500 million on a trolley system that not one person cares about. What could we have done with that money that would have helped the community? How many boarded-up houses are on the north side that we could have renovated and rehabbed? How many kids' programs are there that we could have rehabbed? How many more police could we have hired or paid a better salary so that they want to stick around? So I wonder what the city is doing with some of these expenditures. I usually don't trust the government to spend my money, which is why taxes kind of make me upset. But, wow, we have an opportunity to set the tone and do something new going forward and correct the path of the past. Let's talk about some of your other work, I guess, to the extent that we can talk about it. Sure. So, uh, YouTube is your main social media channel. How do people find your other videos on YouTube and across the Internet? You know what? The biggest videos on my channel besides this would be um, Hella Sus Songs in the Hood. I pretend to be a rapper, and I have a little twist with it. I won't go into much, much detail on the radio, but it's definitely oh, yeah. juvenile, and some people will find it funny. Some people might find it offensive. And the other uh, big video series that has blown up is the $200 Knockout Challenge. I've wrestled since I was 10, wrestled through college, uh, had one amateur fight, that I did well in, and I offer people, hey, here's $200. I can't hit you. You can hit me with boxing gloves, but I, if I take you down, I win. If you knock me out or I say, please stop hitting me, here's 200 bucks. That, that video is blown up as well. Deal. <laughs> no, we're not doing the, that challenge in the studios. It's liability issues. If you can't defend the takedown, the odds are way in my favor. You have puncher's chance, but if you don't know how to defend a takedown, I mean, you are a big boy, so that's not an easy task to take down, but uh, I'll bet on myself in a lot of those situations, but I'm sure you would as well. So, Based on the virality of this particular video, do you feel pressure to now make more serious documentaries? Because, I mean, the other things you've made have not gone, haven't blown you up like this, so maybe this is where it's at for you. You know what? A lot of... People in the YouTube community have, have texted me or called me and said, man, I love this video. This is your path. This is where you set yourself apart from other YouTubers. You can go to places that most people don't go. So part of me is like, because I still, most of my channel is prank videos. Can I go after putting out something this crazy? Can I just next week do a prank video? I don't Especially know. Especially in the same area. Right. And so I think I'm going to do a couple more documentaries. I think I need to do some stuff out of town to let the heat die down as well. I would still love to make people laugh, so I'm figuring out that direction, but I already have two or three Milwaukee-centric ideas in a somewhat similar subject matter that I think uh, the city needs to see. Well, now mainstream media is very teed into what you were doing. You have done a lot of just local, some haven't gone so well, but a lot of local media who I'm sure has not paid much attention to some of your previous work, they're all over this, and maybe that's a wave you need to ride because there's a lot of folks in this industry that know they cannot do what you just did. Now, we're going to editorialize it. We're going to cover it as best we can, but no one can make that kind of content like you did. So you got the local media all in a frenzy, don't you? You know what? I grew up watching the beginning of the Vice documentary channel where they would go, you know, hey, I'm going to follow around a six-year-old Mexican kid in the mines that's doing child labor. I'm going to meet a Russian billionaire and do see a day in his life. That stuff fascinates me. That's the kind of stuff I want to do. I'm a boots on the ground guy. I'm not uh, coming at you with an agenda, 30-second soundbite. I'm not going to twist your words to fit my story. And so the journalists that have done that, hey, uh, you're supposed to be the professional here. You go do it. You get your cameraman. Go out there and do it. And um, But I have gotten a lot of kind words from journalists as well, so I appreciate that. 
Talking to Tommy G, he is the documentary filmmaker that created the piece of uh, interesting journalism that I know a lot of you are talking about called Kia Boys Documentary, a story of teenage car theft. It is on YouTube. I call it 16 Minutes of Astonishment. And if you have not yet seen it, you certainly should. Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Please you know, keep us in mind of your next project because we'd love to speak with you again. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back for hour two.